Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. Episode number 47, Forcing Fines on High School Students and Parents. Extorting more from the already poor. Imagine, if you will, that you worked all day and you come home and maybe on the way home you stop and get the mail from the mailbox and uh, you don't really have time to look at it very much. You've gotten the mail a million times before. You weren't expecting anything in particular. So you just grab the mail and you head inside and start the routine. You've worked all day, but now you have to cook dinner. You've got kids. You got responsibilities. You might even be a single parent. And life can be very hard as it is for a single parent. So anyway, as you're doing all this and you're flipping through the mail, you see something that doesn't look familiar from the local... uh, city government, perhaps? You don't immediately recognize it, so you open it up, and you're not exactly sure you understand what it is. But the best that you're able to figure out is it's a bill for an incident that took place with your kid. Because your kid got into a fight in school and was actually fined by the police. Now, you have heard nothing about this. You didn't hear anything about it from the kid. And you didn't hear anything about it from the school. Now, I am just deliberately, of course, creating this particular scenario. I'm talking about the fact that you hadn't 
heard from or this person has not heard from the school because normally with these types of things, schools do try to contact the parent or parents. But it is possible and it also does happen that there are mistakes made. Maybe a phone number got changed and they weren't updated. It could be any number of bureaucratic reasons. Maybe somehow they just screwed up and forgot to call. And of course, as far as your teenage son is concerned, well, he knew what uh, this could lead to and he knew what it was going to lead to and what was going to happen. And as most teenagers are, they aren't exactly uh, about forthcoming with bad news. And especially when it's this kind of bad news. So what happened? Did he get in a fight and get expelled? Well, in your case, actually, something worse. Because he got into a fight, but he didn't get expelled. He got fined $560. $560 that you don't have because you're part of the working poor. Hell, you got barely enough money to make ends meet as it is. This is the last thing in the world you needed right now. And he knows that. And he knows that sooner or later... He's going to have to uh, come home and he's going to have to face the music. And in this case, it might be a scenario, say, for instance, that it wasn't even his fault in that he didn't start it. In this case, let's say he was just defending himself. But it doesn't matter. In the end, right or wrong, he got fined, and now you're going to have to pay that fine. And where is the money going to come from? Now, the thing that I'm telling you in this particular case, this is not a made-up fantasy. This is quite real. This is something going on every day, and it's growing. It's growing big time. It may be that perhaps you just haven't heard about it yet, but it is there. And it's going to continue to grow. And if for any reason at all, it's... Yet another source of um, revenue for the police and the state as well. But they will, uh, the uh, Justice Department, they will do anything and everything to get money. And especially from the poor. So, uh, it's just the uh, sick and 
twisted times that we live in that uh, it's a very cannibalistic way of living, in my opinion. I don't know what you think, but I do, because when you go after your poorest, your economically most vulnerable members of society, just so you can uh, improve your bottom line, that's pretty pathetic as far as I'm concerned. This is something that has been taking place for some time now. And I believe, if my information is correct, uh, it either began unofficially either in Illinois or Texas. Not exactly certain. But uh, just like uh, anything else of this ilk, anything that they do, you know, when... Uh, when Texas decides to do something, they do it full, full ass bore on. And that's exactly what's happened here. And uh, I think it's shame. I think that it's a, once again, yet another symptom of a societal breakdown. And it's especially because it is affecting disproportionately the very people who can afford it the least. In the state of Illinois, for instance, apparently these fines are capped at $750. And and they have a sliding scale. They have devised what a particular uh, incident is going to cost you if you are caught. So if, uh, for instance, if a uh, teenager is caught smoking on premises, um, well, that's a relative slap on the hand. It might only be 50 or $75. You know, fighting, now you're up into the 450 to $500 range. And of course, you know, it only, it only goes up there, but supposedly they're good guys. They're the good guys here. They're like, Hey, we, you know, we're, you know, we're, we want to screw you, but you know, we're not going to totally screw you. <clears throat> So that's supposedly capped there at $750. And uh, so it's not just Illinois and uh, or Illinois, as it's more commonly referred to. Um, of course, Texas. And uh, Wisconsin is in on the act as well. So we got them, and we got California, and um, actually there's a, there's a number of other states that this is going on, but this is a strange 
thing in that it is being purposely kept as far as records and statistics are concerned. They are deliberately flying under the radar, folks, because this, at least technically speaking, is um, supposed to be completely and entirely unconstitutional. Never let anything that remotely challenges constitutionality interfere with police work. And so, the next part of this, which in and of itself could potentially trigger yet another shitstorm, of controversy happens to be the fact that um, disproportionately besides being the poor who are affected by this and nowadays there sure as hell is no shortage of that uh, they just happen to be blacker brown people by a margin of two to one. Now, before we go crazy with this, what that might infer, I think perhaps even what it could be designed to infer is that, well, black and brown people, they're just inherently more violent. The implication, they're violent animals. It's just, dare they say it, innate. Of course, it wouldn't necessarily have anything to do with the fact that they are poor. And anyone, any group who is poor, um, let's just say because of a lot of social pressures, um, they may be uh, a bit uncouth and lacking in social graces and pleasantries. Being poor and living year after year of paycheck to paycheck and all of the associated stress that comes with it is not good for a person. It's not good for them physically, and certainly not good for them mentally. And then, as a consequence of that, um, saying that households and families can be, oh, I don't know what's the word, a little bit disfigured, Functional or fractured? That might 
have something to do with it as well. Because what the actual truth is, is that when you have poverty, especially when you have what I call institutionalized poverty, this is the kind of thing that is completely predictable. And I know that there are some of you out there that will quickly roll your eyes and say, oh God, here we go again, another bleeding heart liberal just wanting to give the poor tons and tons of money and everything will be okay. Well, no. First of all, I'm not any kind of liberal. I'm not a progressive liberal. I'm not a conservative liberal. I'm not, and certainly not, a bleeding heart liberal. What I am is maybe reasonably intelligent and perceptive. And I'm a realist. It means I call up like I see him. I call a spade a spade. And I try to do research as best I can. And this is what I have grown and known to be true. And it's not just in America. You'll find it's across the world. It's cross-cultural. It affects all cultures and races. Poverty does some pretty ugly things. Now, someone, in order to yet do what I've referred to many times as emotional and economic kicking the can... Because they moved on, not entirely, but this is part of the blame the victim trope. But this is also, it's blame the victim and then it's let's kick the can. Let's pretend anything else. And just if we just ignore it, it'll go away. Well, nope. It ain't going to go away. As a matter of fact, with, with each successive generation, it shows and things get worse for a society. The breakdown, the insecurity. Now, as, as if they didn't and hadn't already gotten to the point that schools, that public schools are looking more and more like junior minimum security prisons, security centers, indoctrination centers. 
now they have to have cops. They're cops with clubs and guns and a book to give you fines and principles who are becoming rapidly becoming almost indistinguishable from wardens. Something is very, very wrong. So, while all this is going on, I would be willing to bet, to a large extent, that many of you don't even know about this. And the problem is, like many of these things work, is that by the time you do find out, it's once again going to be so so much part of the fabric of a dysfunctional society. By the time you hear on, on the 6 o'clock news, it's kind of late then. So that's why I'm telling you now. Isn't that better? I think it is. Because it's one of those deals, um, the sooner, you know, something's bad, the sooner you know about it, hey, maybe even it's possible you could do something about it. There's a whole lot of people out there, and there's got to be better minds that can prevail instead of this nonsense. You can't just keep relying on kicking the can and or using brute force because that's exactly what's going on here. This is not going to be resolved by forcing um, proper behavior, morality, conformity. We have to have a way of looking at this situation and we may have to address it all the way down. I'm talking from parental management all the way down from there. But we can't have police with clubs and guns walking through the halls of our public schools to keep an eye on things. The only message that that sends is one of oppression. It tells them, conform or else. Now, I'm not saying that it should be a free-for-all. I don't think any sane person would think that. 
As a matter of fact, I don't want to give the wrong impression that I am against conformity. Not at all. You need conformity in order to have society. The people who have a problem most with conformity, more often than not, not always, but more often, are sociopaths, narcissists and sociopaths. And it's not what has been proven many, many times, hands down. It's a closed book. They know when something, when they're doing something wrong or breaking the rules, they actually know it. They intellectually know that what they're doing is wrong, that they're breaking the rules. The difference between them and, say, a more normal person is they don't give a damn. This is why a sm small but significant proportion of our correctional institutions are uh, sociopaths, documented. These are people from earliest childhood that simply, out of spite, out of self, um, self, uh, you know, greed, you know, whatever. It's not about a form of care and cooperation. It's completely and utterly about them. And if what they're doing potentially harms or threatens the lives of others, they don't give a damn. Friends, family, doesn't matter. And X percentage of those are in schools. And so, for instance, there was one story that I heard from a, uh, a teacher. And uh, I was told that, uh, you know, this kid would bring matches to school. And he'd been told several times, don't bring matches. And, of course, he ignores it. And then this led to him um, more than once trying to set the trash cans on fire. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. People, certain people with certain conditions that need to be isolated from the general public because they threaten the general public. And that was nothing. That doesn't even bring into account the ones that are bringing knives, guns, things like that. So, I see the need to um, have some sort of intervention in security. I get that. I understand that. Yet, on the other hand, um, you know, 
these people, what the hell are they supposed to do getting these, these draconian fines? And the kids, <clears throat> different, the different states, they work differently, apparently. So basically what some of them do is they say, okay, well, you got a $450 fine for fighting, but you're, I don't know, say you're 16 or 17 years old now. Okay, you don't have to pay the fine until you, you know, turn 18. Or you either have to pay the fine in full or you have to start making payments on the fine. Or other states to say, no, goes to the parents. And the whole thing is that these are the people, the very people who can least afford it. And by and large, you look at the high schools or junior high schools that are in very well-to-do areas, regardless of the state, and uh, they don't have these problems, by and large. They don't have things like this going on. And so, perhaps it's, again, a knee-jerk reaction that people say, well, they're, you know, well, that's because these are, you know, ghetto people and ghetto bad, and these are good white suburban people and they're good and it it is it is meant to perhaps subtly or not so subtly imply once again that's the cleverness of this scam that these people are just somehow evil or inherently bad when the truth of the matter is it's much easier to be functional and much easier to have a nice disposition. This is assuming you're not a sociopath, of course, or a narcissist. That's assuming. But if you're not either one of those things, generally speaking, you should be a pretty happy-go-lucky person because you're not living in poverty. All the people involved in psychology, especially involved in the social sciences, they've known this for years. Absolutely for years. There is no mystery here. So, my main contention, my main argument, my main point that I would like you Maybe think about and hopefully talk to me about. Contact me. Let me know something. Is what do you think? Do you think we should have, you know, cops with clubs and guns bursting into the bathroom door of the of the boys' room or men's room and gonna Bust them up because they've been smoking cigarettes. Oh, God, if that was the case, when I was that age, there was even a song around that was the second edition of that song. 
Second version, smoking in the boys' room. And we thought we were just so tough. It was such a big deal. We were pulling off such a big crime. Come on, folks. We're talking adolescence here. And uh, I, uh, I really don't think that uh, paid uh, public employees with clubs and guns walking the halls of our public schools has shown to be a very good idea. Hi, folks. As we wrap things up here, and I don't mean to be irritating, I just wanted to give you this brief message. If you go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and if you make a comment or in the comment section, you can also leave a suggestion for any topic at all, anything. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's it. I hope you had a really good day today, and I hope the rest of us have a great day tomorrow. Take care.